You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning to our Classic Auto Mall podcast listeners and Steve and Ethan. How's everybody this morning? Beautiful sunny day. It is beautiful. 22 degrees. It feels like it. Brings in the people. It does. We were busy yesterday, though, Friday. Uh, today is Saturday, February the 18th, show number 76. Mm. Yeah, we're like cl- closing in on 100. That's amazing. Yeah, we have a body of work now, don't we? We should have a big 100 party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I get donuts every Saturday That's morning. true. I That's may not true. always be able to get those, you know, because there <laughs> could be an issue with the, a donut crisis in Morgantown. For the 100th show, you'll get something <laughs> other than glaze. I think I will. I'll get the sprinkles. I'll really throw them. Right. So anyway. Right. Throw a loop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we have fun with the donut place here in town and the McDonald's because, as you all know or you don't know, there's nowhere to eat in Morgantown hardly. We have mostly fast food restaurants, a couple of restaurants. We went to the Heritage last night across from the casino, our friends at the casino, uh, who are busy, busy, busy mm-hmm. all the time. So how about the Super Bowl, by the way, too? About the Super Bowl. How about the Kansas uh, City you know, Chiefs beating the Eagles. It's what it is. <laughs> Sorry, it, We got beat. That's, that's plain and simple. Yeah. It's, Second half. And, and as everybody says, it doesn't come down to one play, right? No, it doesn't. It, it would have helped. But. It, would, it certainly wouldn't have hurt. But, right. but that guy got a $3 million bonus for doing that. So. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's funny how games of any type, sports of any type, can just change drastically, whether it's hockey or baseball or football or basketball. You think you got it in the bag or you think, you know, things are going direction. And they say there is no halftime adjustment. They say that's all bull crap. But oh, well, there is, especially with, with a long halftime like yeah, that. Yeah. That, with the endless yeah. uh, Rihanna uh, <laughs> performance. That was bizarre. That was right. so bizarre. It's a good thing Ethan doesn't have a microphone today because <laughs> he's chiming in. Yeah. So we'll, we'll stay on that. So anyway, um, we'll talk about cars today because okay. that would be, Might be good for a car maybe show. Maybe less contentious. Yeah. <laughs> And we've got uh, uh, two wonderful guests on the show, two brothers, uh, uh, RB Collection, uh, Alex and Al Rosie out of Allentown, PA. And they are in the uh, cars, classic car sales and restoration and service business. And uh, they were actually telling me just a little while ago that there was a customer of ours that had bought a car from us, and they take it to them to have it serviced. And I think they're happy, I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the most important thing. So um, where did we sell cars this week? Why? Well, only one week. So we last week we did two weeks, and that was a that was a that was like war and peace, <laughs> right? Endless, <laughs> endless. So this week, uh, Martin's Ferry, Ohio, Horsham, Pennsylvania, Melbourne, Florida, Bakersfield, California, Newport, Ritchie, Florida, Hales Corner, Wisconsin, Westminster, California, Exton, Pennsylvania, Grass Valley, California, West Orange, New Jersey, Dallas, Pennsylvania, Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, Stoughton, Massachusetts, Portsmouth. Virginia, Nampa, Idaho, Merle's Inlet, South Carolina, love that part of the world, and La Crosse, Wisconsin. How about Idaho? I don't think that may be <clears throat> ten different states, but ten different more states. than ten cars. That's for sure. More than ten cars. Cheapest car was eleven thousand. Okay. Most expensive was over eighty, eighty something. Mm-hmm. And so we got all price points. You know, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, even at the auction houses, even the big auction houses, you don't realize, but 
they have three thousand dollar cars at yeah. some of these auctions or five thousand mm-hmm. dollar cars. So, you know, there's something for everyone and that's kind of our philosophy. Although we're running out of room a little bit. <laughs> we we arranging. Taken, my partner was here yesterday and he said, uh, what happened to our food court? <laughs> I go, Well, I got a few cars kind of stuffed in there and uh, we're actually gonna take our food court and kitchen out because we have a full food court and kitchen in the holiday inn, which is connected right. to us. So I don't think we need to. We don't need an abandoned yeah. food court. <laughs> yeah, it is cool to see, though, because really, this was a mall. It was a mall. It was an, an active mall. Yeah, there. in the center where we have about 30 cars right now was a merry-go-round. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's oh, some cool old pictures of it huh. as well, too. So I don't know what happened to it. But right. but we were going through some back rooms of the place that I've kind of forgotten about because it's, you know, sometimes you mm-hmm. just there's, there's cubby holes and nooks <laughs> and crannies. And there's walk-in freezers back there. There's equipment back there. You think about mm-hmm. the dollar amount of stuff that's worth nothing now that was probably, you know, probably yeah. cost new thousands of dollars, all right. this stuff. So, uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? So you can't. You can't keep it all, and you can't put it all, and right can't take it with you. Can't so take that's it why with they, you. They left full size refrigerator. Yeah, I mean because it doesn't co- it's not cost effective. To do right, that. but anyway, uh, nine hundred and ten or eleven cars in inventory today. Um, like I said, we're we're getting full. We're going to pull out some of our barn finds uh, that you probably have never seen if you've been here because they're behind curtains and mm-hmm. back behind walls and different areas in the building. And uh, we're going to pull those out and uh, gain a little bit more room for us here, which we we need because we don't like to say no if somebody wants to bring their car here to us to sell. It'd be bad. It'd be. I was thinking about that yeah. the other day. You know, like at one point, do you say? No, sorry, we're, we're full. And if you get that reputation, now, now what? They'll start looking for option right. B or option right. C or option you D. You gotta say yes. You gotta say yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, what we've done is we've tried to, you know, when we had 600 cars, there was never an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, now when you get to 900, you start thinking, okay, what can we, what can we move here and move there and how can we rearrange to make it look, work a little bit better? And the answer is, is, Eventually, you just get to a perfect layout for a room, and that's that. I mean, we're like a Rubik's Cube now. you got to move 10 to get to 1 sometimes. Right. And so if you're interested in a car and would like to come see it and would like to you know, go the next step with it, give us a little bit of heads up just so we know. Because yeah, I was telling people at the Philly Auto Show, give two or three days notice. And- yeah, just so we can get the car prepared and ready and, you know, in a, in an area where you can really view it properly, where there's lots of space to walk around it and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Some of the new inventory in this week, a 69Z28, garnet red over black. It's a true X33Z28, uh, Camaro high performance ink certified, window sticker, sticker, protecto plate and shipping data. It's got the DZ302 290 horsepower. Those are Badass engines. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Date correct, Muncie M20. So it's probably not the original transmission, but it is date correct for the car and the build date of the car. It's really almost a flawless presentation. Right. I don't, I hesitate to say flawless or perfect. You know, it's, right. there's not, you can't, there's you can't. No. I'm not flawless. But there's some close ones. I'm close to flawless. <laughs> <laughs> I like that laugh. Uh, how about a 68 Dodge Dart GTS medium green metallic over black? Really cool car. Yeah. Uh, known history. A Ray Barton 528 cubic inch Hemi. Um, it is got a rebuilt 720, A727 automatic, which is the Mopar, uh, version of, I guess, a hydromatic, right? And, um, uh, magnesium cross rim intake. It's got a vinyl roof, original vinyl mm-hmm. roof on wow. it. And then a 14, Mustang GT Coupe. Have you seen this thing? It's in gotta have oh, it. Oh, the gr- bright green one. Yeah. Gotta have it green is the name of the color. That's very optimistic. 
<laughs> it's, an, it's well, somebody likes it. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's it, something for everybody. There's a butt for every seat, as we like to it's say. It's bright green. It's bright, bright green. <laughs> you you have to be um, okay in your own skin that people to look at you and stare. That's right. You know, and some people aren't. Listen, if you're not okay with that, don't buy a classic car of any type and go to a gas station right. because people will swarm you. You go to a glass t- gas station and something cool. There's going to be people all around you. Allow extra time. Allow extra time no matter where you're going. Uh, 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 2003 Honda S2000, which I love those. This one's really cool. Silverstone metallic over red and black and uh, just a really neat car. It is one of those ones that's high on my list of, of a of a bucket list type car, if you will, uh, because they say they are so fun to drive. I've never driven one. Have you driven one? I haven't driven one. It is on my bucket list, too, as I look for sports cars. But um, <coughs> their, the values have gone up, obviously, and the desirability. And I saw one sell somewhere, probably bring a trailer for in the f- almost $50,000. Yeah. It was like, whoa, I didn't – when did that happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate it when that happens, when yeah. when I'm like, okay, I'm thinking now I'm about ready for this. Oh, wait a minute. How much did they go up? You can almost know. get a, a – a, uh, oh, shoot. What's the accurate? NSX. An NSX for that. Well, not anymore because they're going up. They're going too. up too, yeah. yeah. How about the 95 Chevy Suburban that we got in? That's diesel. Oh, really? Yeah, which is really neat for a Suburban. You don't see many mm. of the diesel Suburbans. A forest green metallic huh. and gray steel metallic over gray. One owner, garage cap, six two liter, three row seating, and it's very nicely maintained. It's really a cool car. Uh, or cool SUV. Truck, yep. Yeah. And then a 96 Dodge Viper GTS, which is sitting right here in front of us. Yeah. It's in the Viper Blue, yep. with, uh, Viper Blue Pearl over black. One owner, 4,500 miles in a 96 Dodge <laughs> Viper, man. That is limiting yourself to, uh, Sunday drives only. And maybe. again, if you don't like attention, yeah. this might not be the car. <laughs> yeah. 450 horsepower, eight liter, one of 1,166 yeah. built. Uh, just an amazing car. So that and a bunch of others have come in. We, we're just, the cars keep coming. And what's interesting is as of late is we're getting a lot of forties and fifties, Hudson, Packard, Nash, mm-hmm. some interesting cars that we weren't getting as much of prior to the last couple of three weeks or so. You know, we always get lots of Camaros and Corvettes and Mustangs and, and the, and the because that's the most important, I mean, that's the, not the most important, but the most prevalent mm-hmm. cars in the hobby. They made a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. You're right over there. I need my cough, I need my cough button. <laughs> I have a cough button, but my arm is not long enough to reach it. So I would even hit it for you, but I don't guess it works on your microphone or it's mine. But anyway, so the hunt for the new car is over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> it's so typical car guy stuff. Yeah. So the Z8 was there, and I was going to get that, mm-hmm. and I, but it had a. Yeah, it just had some things that made me go, hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the whole Ferrari thing is just, I don't know. Every time mm-hmm. I read about one with a huge service bill, I think that could be me. So mm-hmm. it will be. I opted for another Autobahn cruiser. Okay. A Mercedes. Uh huh. S65. S65. Yeah, coupe. Uh huh. AMG. Okay. Six liter. Nice. V12. <laughs> twin turbo. Wow. 640 horsepower and 711 foot pounds of torque. Obsidian black over Dizinho Napa black wow. interior. 
It is a beast. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't even driven it yet, yep. but it's okay. not here yet. You saw it in pictures, though. I saw it in pictures. I haven't seen, you said you haven't seen it yet. I'll I take it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> just give me, just give me one blurb about That's it. That's awesome. all I need. So it will be here hopefully early next week because I'm excited about that. I'm going to need to get you a mall of your own. <laughs> I might have to put something up for sale. Right. I may have, uh, if I keep running out of room. But anyway, so the hunt is over. We have a car. We're, we're okay. going to be satisfied for a period of time. Nice. Uh, this thing is like a freight train it does not have the two things i hate the most in cars one is the dial shifter mm. on the console yeah because and the reason i, I hate it is it, I'm, it's per, purely a personal thing probably but i don't have the reference point with a dial that i have with a column shift or a console shift mm-hmm. i know where i am without looking right even with a dial even though you know each click is this it doesn't have the same feel as when you're shifting a shifter, either in the console or, again, on the uh, column. Mm-hmm. And so that and the automatic shutoff drives me crazy. I hate that. You don't automatic. like that. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> because I'm not sure if the car died. And right. what is going to happen? I give it gas and it doesn't go. And the guy, I've let off the brake and the guy runs into the back of me. Or I can't get through the intersection. Or it stops in the middle of an intersection. Or right. I'm sorry. I'm ranting a little bit. But, you know. It really bothers me that. Like, isn't that wear and tear on the engine? It just seems like uh, unnecessary. Why don't they keep a couple cylinders running? Seems to me that they, that is some kind of fuel saving that they, they're able to meet their standards that they have to meet through the government by having these Mm -hmm. automatic shutoffs. It's Mm -hmm. probably not enough, uh, not a lot, but it's just enough to keep them under that, that magic number that they say that they can only have X amount of miles per gallon per car. And that's why they have nine and 10 speed transmissions Mm -hmm. because they want to get it into that highest gear as quickly as possible so it will get the maximum amount of fuel mileage so they can still build the Z06 Corvettes and things like that, right? Right. So anyway, exactly. I didn't talk about anything that I wanted to talk about. Well. And I got guests coming, so I won't even be able to talk about you it anymore. you got 30 seconds. <laughs> anyway, when we return, we welcome uh, my two new friends, Alex and Al Rosie from RB Collection in Allentown, Pennsylvania. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. See you then. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with a classic auto mall podcast on a beautiful sunny day in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, where, uh, you know, it's 23 degrees, but it looks like it's about 80 out there. I think we have quite a few cars here, uh, in the parking lot, not to mention inside. And we have, uh, some very special guests in the studio. My new friends, Al and Alex Rosie from Allentown, Pennsylvania, who I happened to meet Alex 
about two weeks ago when I'm driving through Allentown and I see a Ford Fairlane convertible backing out of a building. Yeah. Oh, I have to turn around and go. I didn't even know you were there. I'm just driving past and I go, I got to stop and say hello. And so I waved and yelled across the parking lot and you waved and I said, I'm Stuart with Classic Automobile. And you said, Oh, come in, come see me. And that's how we met. You yeah. Know? That, that, that's the problem. Hello guys. So that's the problem. I'm Alex. And uh, don't worry. My voice and my brother's voice is exactly the same. You're never gonna... That's right. Well, and I, the accent is I, the same. Wait a minute. I want to know how he got to get the, the, the two letter name and you had the four letter name. Couldn't you have been Al and he'd have been Al something? <laughs> that's a very good question. <laughs> Thank you. So I am Alexandre. Ah. So gosh, here, very, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's, and I was short for Alcidi. Yeah, well, those are names you hear every day around yeah. here, right? So. Because people say your parents don't have creativity. It's Al and Alex. Yeah. So, no, 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 not, not the case. <laughs> not the case at all. Well, you guys have been uh, uh, in the restoration, the service, and the sales business up in Allentown for a number of years now. How many, almost 25 years now has it been that long? Yeah, the, uh, specifically in Allentown, we opened on the 2019, mm-hmm. but because it that is part of the Automobile Corner of America. Right. That's the initiative, along with American Wheels Museum, that we had restoring the old A&B Meats building. Right. And uh, allocating the restoration center right by it. So giving the chance for people visiting the museum, paying the admission, to tour our restoration center for free. Right. Nice. So we have, I would like to invite everybody. Uh, uh, the, the tour is on Wednesdays and Fridays at one o'clock. At one o'clock. And how long does it last normally? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So you give them a, a breakdown of what you do and how you do it and show them whatever inventory you have and what cars are in restoration, right? Yes. Very focused on what we are doing, the restoration center and, uh, the cars we have there, the projects and, uh, the stages. Some people, they come, uh, this month, and uh, because they went six months, uh, Back and they want to see how that project they saw oh, is going yeah. now. So it's it's very interesting. So I'll ask you the same question I get asked all the time, Alex. Why Morgantown? Why Allentown? <laughs> what, what, why? What made you pick Allentown? That's a, a very good question. <laughs> so it's it's a long uh, story. So because... we have twelve minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, my my brother was executive in a company in South America, right. and uh, he received an offer to work here in, in Allentown, the right. High Valley, where is the headquarter of the company. Right. And I was a, a lawyer in South America, and I was transferred to New York. And as my brother and I, we have been doing that since we were teenagers. Right. And uh, we live here in America. And uh, America is the best place. The, the business is huge mm-hmm. here. There is no other place like America sure. in terms of classic car uh, business. So. Then we start to do that as a hobby, as we did in South America, and, and we realize that we are doing more that than our uh, job. And enjoying it more, probably. Oh, right? much more. <laughs> and you grew up in Brazil, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Brazil, not a hotbed for classic cars. I guess there's a few, but there's not a lot. What, what's the most prevalent type of classic car you would see in Brazil? Is there a certain type? or Very towards European models, right. but uh, everybody loves the big V8s, the American muscle. Sure. Uh, but you're going to see more towards European because of the price of gas. Right. Is it way more there? Very expensive. Oh. And so 
smaller engines were right. more. You no, know, just like in France and, and all that. Yeah. So what was the car that, that got you? What was the car that said, Oh, I gotta, this is what I want to be involved in. I want to do cars. This is it. Uh, well, mine, uh, is I started with a 1964 Beetle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Appropriate for a small engine, yeah. right? Yeah. But my, my, my very first uh, dream car, was a 1977, uh, 78 model, but built on 77 mm-hmm. Ford Maverick. But in Brazil, a Ford Maverick was a uh, luxurious sport car. Really? Yes. And with a 302. Right. Good motor in there. Yeah. Automatic transmission was the LDO model, was right. the super luxury model. Right. And that car really was. That's the one. That's, that's the one. What about you, Alex? What was your car that? Oh, my, uh, my older brother, he, my father gave to him a, a Jeep Willys. Oh, cool! And I, I, I learned to drive in that. Jeep. Right. And uh, but after that, I, I, I share with him what do we call a Dodge Polara. Was <laughs> not the same Polara we had in America. A little no, different. No, no, no. Yeah, it's yeah. a small European car. <laughs> and I remember was oh my goodness, what a headache that car. The carburetor. Right. It's but you still loved terrible. it, right? Oh yeah, of it's, course. It's a yellow, really right. yellow car. Uh, so. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. There's so many cars that were made in other parts of the world that that the equivalent in the United States is not the same as those. And so right. you, when you say that kind of car, people look at you funny, and then they re- you don't they don't realize that there are different types of cars that were there. You know, but you know, in the end of the, at the end of the day, all of us have a passion for these cars. If we were talking about off the air before we came on the air at that. And it's funny because it doesn't matter what the price point is. It doesn't matter what the level of restoration is. People have the same passion, whether it's a $5,000 car or a $5 million car. Yes. We see that every day. And it's, it's funny because a lot of people, they ask me, what is your favorite car? It's the <laughs> common question. And yeah. I would say, it's a very complex question sure. because if you see the history of the, the industry, I love the Model T. The Model T is the, the, the pioneer where change everything. Mm-hmm. Then you go towards the, the 30s, the, the big piece of art, the Duesenberg, the Packard. So, and then we go to the muscle car, the 60s. So, and, and before the 50s, my favorite decade that shows all the, the American society with all the chrome, the mm-hmm. big cars. So it's tough to say. Sure. Because each car in each time represent the history of the society. Right. And that they have its own beauty. It's so difficult. If you see a Ferrari, a pure race car, Ferrari was built since they begin to be a race car. So depend what you want. Depend sure. what you like and depend what represent in terms of time. Absolutely. And you know what? We all have favorites of different eras. I love collect. It used to be you would see a guy had a collection and it was only Ferraris or only hot rods or only this. Now a guy in his garage, he's got a Ferrari. He's got a 32 high boy. He's got a Duesenberg and he's got a Harley, you know, and, 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 a, and maybe it's something else, maybe some kind of muscle car. I mean, it's a diverse collection anymore, much different than it used to be. And I love that part of the hobby. Yeah. That's the cool thing. So. The restoration shop. I mean, you guys aren't doing like Mako $39 paint jobs. You guys are doing top shelf nut and bolt restorations, right? I mean, how long does it take to do one of those restorations? Is it a year? Does it take that long or longer? Uh, two projects we have right now. One is a 1969 Z28 mm-hmm. and the other one is a 63 Volvo P1800. Wow. 
Uh, we, we have them for three years. They will be finished this year, so it'll be almost four years. Wow. Because the restoration we do at Chew Stewart is uh, very well documented. We have over 3,500 pictures for each one. Wow. Because it's not only how you restore it, you have to document it to mm-hmm. show all the places that are not, you cannot see in a regular <laughs> Once dispatch. it's done, right. When yeah. it's done. Yeah. So usually uh, is at least 2,000 hours of work, uh, depending, of course, on how the car arrived. Sure. Uh, and, Usually it's three to four years. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you're going to do a full nut and bolt restoration, a, a half perfect car or a tenth of a perfect car, it's going to cost you still close to the same amount of time, right? Because you've got to basically start over. Thank you very much for saying that. That's, that's what people don't understand. Right. And they are trying to do, uh, I, I don't want a show car. But listen. <laughs> but I want perfect paint. <laughs> yes. So uh, I don't want a concourse car. Right. There right. is nothing like this. You have a nice restoration or not. Right. So. Yeah. It's a, yeah. And, and, you know, what I love about the Concord, uh, community is that they are rewarding them to drive their car in the tours before the yeah. Concord on Sunday. And they're not deducting for grass under the here or a rock chip yes. here or there or that it's got a little bit of dirt on it because the tiebreaker usually is, did it participate in the tour or not? Yeah. So if there's a two that are equal, the one that participated in the tour gets to win. And I like that. They need to be driven, right? That's yeah. right. At any price point. Yeah. But but uh, uh, it's important to say, and I want to say that because I say to everybody and discuss with other restoration, top restoration centers, restoration process takes time and money. Right. And uh, if you find somebody promising you to do a full restoration for fifty, sixty thousand, 60000 it, it's not going to happen. Somebody will be disappointed. Right. Because... If you do the right way, require a lot of research, require a lot of time, a lot of patience. So, and that's money. Time is money. Right. So, if you go this way, you have to be prepared. Yeah, and the way now that things, uh, the perception changed a lot too. I think, especially in the last five years, uh, a car became really investment grade. Many mm-hmm. of them, sure. as you are uh, sure. well aware, uh, and. Uh, what happens is it's like a Rolex watch, for mm-hmm. example. If you're going to restore one, if you uh, you don't want to put a Casio mechanism <laughs> inside, right? Or Timex. Or, or a Timex. <laughs> so they are good mechanisms. They will ch- show you the time, but it's not the purpose. Right, exactly. I mean, it's important to be authentic. And as you said, uh, uh, having a, a great restoration sure. all the time, based on authenticity and restoring the car back to its best point in time that was when the car was doing the showroom. Exactly. And some of the parts are unobtainium. I mean, it, it's sometimes the time frame of the three and four years is not because you, you, you're you just taking that long to work. It's you got to wait this much time for the next part. And, and if it's not there, you can't go any further, right? I That's mean, right. There's a lot of parts that – now, are you having – are you making parts, 3D printing parts? Does that come into play yet with you guys or no? We try to avoid that because it takes away from the authenticity. Sure. So because a uh, now especially people bring more attention to the Charter of Turin too, that is a document uh, uh, emphasizing how authentic the restoration should be. It's something that functionality, look, touch, it, everything is important for authenticity. And as well as 3D printing is a wonderful idea. Maybe for customized cars it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will, are not using for restoration. Sure. So if you have to create a part from scratch – 
Wow, that doesn't come cheap, right? I mean, yeah. if you have to rebuild a part that doesn't yeah. exist anymore, yeah. and you have to have a certain part, you have to have somebody cast it and make it, right? I mean, that's right. Wow. Uh, but uh, what happens is, thank God, and eBay is a good thing about it. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock yeah, on wood. <laughs> we we can get it, and we can restore uh, an older part that is much better than the part you have, and bring it back. Right. Yeah. So some of the awards your guys' cars have won. Can you expand on that a little bit? Some of the some of the places that your cars have shown and won. Yes. So Amelia Island uh, cars that we working on did a best in class, a special awards. Uh, Redner Hunt, we did best of show, best in class too. St. Michael's best in class. Uh, just nice as, as example. Right. Uh, and uh, those cars we are very proud of because they are really very authentic, mm-hmm. uh, won many other awards in different places. Those are just – we are mentioning those three because they're probably the most well-known after Pebble. And they're so close to here around here, I mean, too. They're, you know, I mean, yeah, Amelia's on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but St. John's is a great – I love that concourse, and I love oh, yeah. <clears throat> I love Radnor Hunt. I We have a nice display down there every year, and we love being down there and being a part of that. That's just a fun event, well done, uh, in a beautiful yeah. setting. The it setting is, is really, really is. special. I, I hate to admit this, but I've never been to Pebble Beach. So when we return, uh, <laughs> we will continue our, our talk with the brothers Al and Alex Rosie and uh, talk about some restoration and service and all the fun stuff they do in Allentown. We'll be back in a minute. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare custom and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast on this beautiful Morgantown sunny day. There's a new Bronco convertible coming in, Steve. That's just right up your alley, yeah. right? <laughs> we like every kind of car. Oh, yeah. The same, yeah. yeah. It's so funny. Uh, you know, I was telling you off the air that, that I don't get to see a bunch of the cars when they come in, but the guys will call me when something really cool comes in. They'll say, you got to get up here right now. Yeah. <laughs> you oh. can't believe what just came in. As we were saying about the, the Henry Truman car you have here. Yeah. How and, cool is that? Oh, it's phenomenal. No, it's, with air conditioning, what is not uh, uh, the equipment that you see very often in the right, car, right? And that special air intakes in the back, yeah, that makes it very different. I'm fascinated by that car. Yeah, too. I am too. I, I love stuff like that. I love stuff that's different. You know, I, I listen. I love Camaros. I love Mustangs. I love Firebirds. I love Corvette. I love everything. I like Ferraris. I like Porsches. I like all that. But 
the oddball stuff I really like. But that's <laughs> uh, got to be the most difficult re- restoring. I mean, it might be one thing to restore a Model A. It's another thing to restore a one of five built Hudson convertible whatever, right? I mean, doesn't that, isn't that difficult? Uh, especially, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be that, uh, Low production. Right. Right? But we had we restored a, a Chrysler Airflow, yep. nineteen thirty six, oh, yeah. and uh, of course we want to bring the car back with its aluminum head. Mm-hmm. And when the car came to us, the previous owner put a just a, a cast right. uh, head because they are notorious for having problems with the aluminum head. Finding that head, oh, oh like a months. needle in a haystack, oh, right? Oh, months, but finally we found it. And we polished and wet sanded it to bring it back to its its original glory, and we fit in the car. Uh, but it was very hard. Also, the original champion spark plugs for that one very hard to. <laughs> oh, and I bet you had to pay a pretty penny for them when you did find them, right? Yeah. yeah. So we paid. Yeah, it was expensive, right. almost forty dollars per spark plug. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> and, and this car was sold. The, the the owner later sold the car at RM Sotheby's, right? At Hershey, and was a record price. Really, world record price for nice. Airflow. Because airflows are again, as we were talking off the air, they're underappreciated. Oh, they're they're know. very amazing cars, right? The I mean, history behind oh. the car. What means? But we always say there's rare. And then there's desirable. Just because they only yes. made five of something doesn't a Graham Page, you know, or a Graham Hollywood, you know, nobody really cares. And it's a shame because they're great cars. Uh, and so that's the people say a guy will call me and they'll say, I've got a really rare car. I say, oh, cool. What do you got? He goes, it's one of five built. It's a 1985 Mustang in chartreuse. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's rare. I'm not sure that anybody wants it. And maybe yeah. the reason that's rare is because they couldn't sell. <laughs> but it's, it's funny how people don't always understand that people can't quite gather the fact that a 1940 Packard black four door sedan doesn't bring but maybe 15 or $18,000. And people go, but it's so old and it's a Packard and it's, yeah. And, and, and I mean, once, once you, most amazing is once you sit, in a 1936, 34, 35 airflow, mm-hmm. and when you drive the car, you see that that car drives like a 1950s car. Right. So 20 years earlier. Yes. Wow. So it was, it was so, you really think, oh, this was really advanced for 1930s. Sure. Well, Cords were advanced for, uh, in their era. Uh, Duesenbergs were advanced only because they had such big horsepower engines, yeah. 260 something horsepower of his. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable back then. I mean, look at, did you see the, the Duesenberg engine that was at an auction that brought like, I don't yeah. know, 300 Crazy grand? That's <laughs> $300,000 for just the engine. Yeah. yeah. People that are not in the hobby go, huh? <laughs> they can't yeah. believe that. Yeah. For the other transactions, like the people were saying that the, um, that Mercedes, the, the Uhlenhut? Yeah. Yeah. Was sold, I mean, 140 all, million. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and I think that's a trend, right? Sure. I mean, it, it's as we were saying before. If when the car is more authentic, with all the components original, authentic, working well, it's becoming more and more investment grade, and right. uh, we don't see the prices going down. No, anymore. we don't either. Well, think of it this way: if you get in a car and it doesn't have power steering, and it's you know, there's great cars that don't have power steering that are so well balanced that they turn like they have power steering. But if you get in a car that's hard to drive, Difficult to maneuver, 
you know, bulky and cumbersome, not many people are going to be interested in that car. So it's got to be something that that is somewhat user-friendly. A lot of these are, you know, garage queens, and we understand that. I get that. There's part of the <laughs> hobby that, you know, they should be driven. Listen, I have seven cars in the back of this room, and I never drive them, and, and I buy more, and I don't know why because I don't, I don't have time to drive them, yeah. you know. But these cars need to be exercised because I oh, yeah. guarantee you, you tell all your customers, sitting is harder on a car than being. Being used a hundred percent and that people should have to understand that if you don't drive it that machine was built to be driven to be used if you don't drive it you're going to have problems mm-hmm. more than when you drive it especially first thing that fails along with carburetors because of the ethanol mm-hmm. if i could give an advice for right. everybody listening here uh, don't care much about octanes you, you have octanes bo- octane boosters you right. can buy and add to the tank be concerned about no ethanol gas. Yep. And you can buy that at certain gas yes. stations. And also, like at Napa, you can buy a, a, a like high-performance 103, 113-octane yep. fuel at Napa uh, yep. that has no ethanol in it. And people don't realize that the water, the moisture in ethanol is, you know, what exhaust systems it's bad for. And, and it's just so many things that it creates that – and especially – it's it's fine. The new cars are designed for it, and that's okay, whatever, whatever. But uh, the old ones are not designed for it. Well, and Alex and I, we have a huge experience on ethanol mm-hmm. because Brazil was uh, the first nation in the world, and I think it's still the thing, the record of having 98% of its fleet, and we are talking a fleet of uh, probably uh, 90 million cars. Right, right. Uh, 98% of the fleet was uh, using ethanol only. Wow. And uh, we know all the – remember the Volkswagen Beetle that bought new in 1982, 1980? Brand new Beetle. Right, right. Brand new. But 100% on ethanol. My mom went through trying to get us to school. <laughs> she went through three batteries because on a cold day, Brazilian cold. We're talking <laughs> – Like 40, right? <laughs> Maybe. If so, if so. Maybe 45. Right. <laughs> the car doesn't start. So and and you had a kind of a pump like a windshield <laughs> not like a Volkswagen put a windshield washer pump in a in a gasoline reservoir that before before starting the car you had to prime no kidding oh yeah never heard of that oh yeah i've never heard so of the, that uh, not only Volkswagen all the all Brazil has and had all the major manufacturers there for Ford Chevrolet Volkswagen mm-hmm. or whatever so when the ethanol thing came up. It was back in 1978. Fiat put the 147 model there as the first model to use full ethanol. Right. And in 1980, Dad bought the 1980 Volkswagen Beetle. Beautiful car. Red. Red. Oh, beautiful. Fancy. Fancy. And then what happened was before starting the car, cold days or not even that cold, you press the button in the dashboard. And you listen to wee wee like a windshield washer. Right. The mechanism was the same. <laughs> and they did you prime it and then you start, but good luck. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, it's I'm sure Brazil was like Florida when it was sixty degrees. Exactly Mom got out the way. fur coat when it was sixty, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so funny. So um in the in the service end of your all's business up in Allentown, is it 
repeat clients, the same cars you see, are you kind of the caretaker of a lot of these guys' cars and you just see them from time to time or is it always different or you don't have people just stopping on the side of the road and say, hey, I got a knock in my engine out here. <laughs> Fortunately, we, we, we are really busy. Right. We, we have a waiting list and most part of them, it's repeat customers. Right. Customers that restore or they want to restore more than one car. And uh, we work in our all range. We do full restoration. We do a small service oil change. So we we do all the spectrum. But sure. we have all. But I have to say that we are really busy, and we can see that this is a trend in the business. Sure. Everybody that do good restoration. They are busy. Because we all heard the horror stories of restorations where the guy shows up at the shop and he's paid the restoration company a lot of money and nothing's been done. Yeah, please. Yeah. This is very important. Don't, don't pay any money in advance. Of course, some restoration shop, they own a 10,000 deposit, sure. something like that. But don't pay a huge money. Follow the restoration. We encourage all our clients to visit us to see weekly, once a month. And uh, we also send pictures. This mm-hmm. is very important because it's uh, uh, if you if you trust in some place that's not going to do a, a, a good job for you to redone will be more time and much more expensive. Right. We, we hate when we we have cars that somebody put their hands and it's terrible. Oh, and you got to start over basically. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. you you don't know what to to face. Right. What you're gonna find. Right. So, this is a nightmare, yeah. especially when you have the, the alignment of, over the body. Right. People don't realize that you have to do the body again, and you have to repaint the car. Again. And nothing like telling a rich guy that he's got to spend money twice on something, right? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And that's the thing. People don't understand that, that the guys that you – I mean, I'm sure people do understand this, but the guys that you do restorations for are usually captains of industry and business titans and wealthy individuals who are used to getting what they want, when they want it, and how they want it, right? Mm -hmm. And so they don't settle for second best, and they don't settle for halfway, and they don't settle for they don't settle for anything. They don't settle. We have all kind of clients, to be honest, and uh, but some clients in the beginning, especially the first restoration, we have kind of guide them to through the process, right? First of all, it's important to be open and uh, explain what they're going to face. It's a restoration, how we work. Maybe we are not the right place for that. If they want to do, I want something quick, it's not a <laughs> concour, not, no, we are not the right place. We, we, we do the, the best possible. And you have all. Uh, uh, people love, we have clients that visit us and follow their restoration weekly. Right. And we enjoy. It's part of the process. Right. It's fun for them, I would imagine. You know, you're watching, watching your baby getting, you know, resurrected, especially if you bought it and it was, you know, barn fine condition when oh. you got it, like some of our cars that we have here. When he bought the car new. Right. Oh, wow. Father's cars. We, we, we had a client that restored because it was his father's uh, car. And he want to honor the farm. sure. And and the thing that you have to be careful in the restoration business is explaining to a person who's who's a son who's going to restore his father's car is that in order to restore this back to the way you want it, you're going to spend more than the car's probably going to be worth. But you have to do it from here. 
and I'm patting my heart for those of you who can't see me. <laughs> you have to do it from your heart yeah. and your gut that you want to do it. It's why I tell people don't buy cars as an investment. If you happen to make a profit on it when you sell it, then glory be and happy to you. Buy it because you love it, right? Yeah, you have to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. you have to enjoy it, and it has to be for a reason. Yes, hundred uh, percent. Yes, that's why you see four door, you know, yeah. forty five, forty four Chrysler or forty one Chryslers that have a you know a hundred point restoration. Yeah. <laughs> but what what, what do we have? have seen is when you face, uh, and you see on the options, mm-hmm. too, when you see a car perfectly restored, I, I wouldn't say that the car will bring the money that you invest, but the top price car, and the people watch TV, see Barry Jackson <laughs> right. and me on other options, and the, the absolutely same car, let's say, uh, uh, why so different in price? Right. It's about detail. Exactly. And you might, you may have the four door sedan that brings the world record money because, because of the, because of the restoration. When we return, we'll continue the conversation with the uh, brothers and we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, all things automotive. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studios in Morgantown, Pennsylvania on a beautiful, sunshiny uh, February the 18th. Gosh, we've had no winter this year. We've been so lucky. Oh, winter. I think, you no, know, none at all. And, and you know, we live in Pennsylvania. you think we would have snow all the time. Of course, you guys from Brazil, I mean, I imagine when if it's down to 50, you know, then that's too cold. <laughs> Absolutely we, no snows. No, yeah. So uh, we were just talking about Formula One and, and one of my favorite drivers, Ayrton Senna, who's a big uh, – a big – uh, uh, South American, probably the most famous South American driver, I guess. Yes. In, 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 his... and in Brazil, he's a really an idol. Yeah. And people, I, yeah. Uh, you, you can see the images when he, he died. Right. So, but it was f- interesting because where we live in Sao Paulo, we mm. are almost neighbors. Really? With yeah. his family. No kidding. And uh, he, he built a building and closed our, the place that we live, the same neighborhood. Right. And uh, we know the the constructor. Nice. And uh, the constructor told us that uh, uh, I told, he thought that the, the the parking area access was very narrow. Right. And uh, he met Ayrton Sen over there because he was the developer. And uh, he said, "Oh, Ayrton, I think this this entry is so narrow, and it's a different floors." And Ayrton Senna took his, I think, was an Audi. Right. And in reverse, 
full speed. Uh, and he came back and said, no, I, I think it's okay. It's going to work. <laughs> you are Ito Sin. <laughs> yeah, if he could drive to it, right? Well, no different than going to the Dagum Philadelphia Airport parking lot. Sometimes yeah. you feel like, oh, it's uh, so narrow and you're trying to get in. and all. Yeah. But, but you guys, it was funny that you guys, even growing up in Brazil, still really appreciated Michael Schumacher and what he did in oh, a Formula oh, 1 no car. Class, he yeah. was amazing. With no, by, by number, he, he was the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no question. Even better than Lewis Hamilton. I think oh, yeah. because of the era and the time and the competition and all that Lewis came at a time when there wasn't quite a, he, he came at a perfect time. He was like, you know, Phil Mickelson came at the wrong time in golf because Tiger was just coming into golf. You know, yeah. Mickelson's like, God, if I'd just been 10 years younger or 10 years older, you know, I think, uh, that's what a lot of the guys said when they came in with Lewis. Lewis came in at the right time to win a lot of races, but it'll the be the right it. time, the right team. Exactly. So everything together. So, so what's your prediction for this year? What do you think is going to happen in Formula One this year? Uh, tough to say. Yeah. Man. Red Bull is strong. Red Bull is strong, but who knows? I, I, hope, I, I hope Ferrari is bad. I want Ferrari to do well. I love Ferrari. And by know? coincidence, I think we have a deep attachment. Our grandfather, he's from Italy. Right. And he was born in Modena. So Ferrari's <laughs> Wow. Well, your accent almost sounds Italian yeah. sometimes. There are certain things that you say that sound Italian to me. I was guessing that you were from Italy until I found out you were from Brazil. But, yeah, uh, well, our, our grandfather, he is from Italy, right. from Modena. Uh, have you been to Modena? Have you been to the Ferrari? Oh, yeah. Have you been to the Ferrari oh, yeah. factory and oh, all yeah. that? The museum. Oh. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. really amazing. And it's funny because outside you have some private companies. They rent Ferrari. Right. But I remember I was with my son, and we are through the the roads, and it, the road's very narrow. It's Tuscany, so right. it, it's and suddenly I, I don't remember what car was, but was a, a a car that Ferrari was testing. I think I F twelve. I, I right. don't remember, but was you know when they testing cars, they put the black, and I saw. <laughs> I stopped the car and almost cried. I said, "Oh my! They test the car here <laughs> on those crazy roads." I got yeah. I got to meet uh, uh, Balboni, the test driver for Lamborghini, oh. and uh, interesting guy who test drove all the Lamborghinis from all the eighties and nineties, and you know Diablos and Countaches, and what a great job! Oh, oh yeah. what do you oh, got to yeah. do today? Well, I got to go drive a fast car as yeah. fast as I try to break it. Yeah. I got to try to break the car. That's that's my job. And you drive without feeling guilt. It's just the you have to push the car. So. Yeah, I, I worked for a rich guy one time who had a bunch of really cool cars, and everybody said, oh, it's so great. You get to drive all these cars. I go, it's a nightmare. I said, if I wreck a $300,000 car, i got to move out of the country. I can't afford to I can't afford to pay for this thing. And it's amazing how these drivers, they are gifted because oh. they can feel the car. Yeah. And I, a, I, I tell me my brother is the same. I hate when my brother drive my car right. because he can say, oh, your, your rear left tire is flat, so. It's your this, that. Oh my goodness. How yeah, can you feel that? How do you know all these yeah. things? I'm trying to control my mouth. No. <laughs> not going to say that. All right. So that leads me to my next question. Alex, what's your daily driver? Oh, that's, uh, I, I drive my, my, my Dodge Ram. Ah, gotcha. And the, the, the point is, as we have all kind of cars, some weekends we take one of our cars. Right, gotcha. So I live in a house with two car garage. It's my wife's car that is a Mercedes G- GL. Right. And I have the Dodge Run. So during the weekends when, when we want to have fun, right. I use, for example, a Ford Farlane, a 57 oh, convertible. convertible. Yeah. 
And I love the 50s. Sure. And, uh, but my, my favor is the, the 30s, the luxury cars. Sure. Those, uh, the, mm-hmm. the Packards, the Pierce. Chrysler Imperial. Oh, love the Chrysler Imperials. Yeah. They, they are car. beautiful. Uh, but the, usually you, my daily driver is my Dodge Ram. Yeah. All right, Al. The question goes to you. Same question. I drive an Alfa Romeo Giulia. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you're the real car guy. Yeah, yeah, do you have a lot of tools that you keep with you? So? Yeah. <laughs> How did you know? Oh that? well, I, I'm a good guesser. You know, yeah, but it's very nimble. It's fast. They're fun cars to drive. Very fun. I think they, they really did a very good work on mm-hmm. that. Uh, I would love to have the Quadrifoglio. Oh yes, but uh, at the same time. As Alex said, I mean, we have the chance to ride, to drive different cars for the weekends and et cetera. And for the, on daily basis, we need a all wheel drive because thank, thank God this last winter we did not have not snow, bad, but, but yeah, I mean, we always have, you have to be snow. prepared. Yeah. I drive my rusty old 2001 Yukon more than I drive anything else because I can throw anything in the back of it and yeah. go to get parts or yeah. go to get something and you don't care if you get dinged in the parking lot or any of that. Yeah, and, and, so, and, and I joke, the daily drive, you need appliance. You need you appliance. Need some, something that is easy, <laughs> fast. And, exactly. Uh, and no the, trouble. Yeah, yeah. The, the classic car, you have to have time. You have mm-hmm. to enjoy. You have to feel the car. Absolutely. But, but I have to admit, we had uh, yesterday... Uh, we delivered back a Rolls Royce Silver Sport 1985 right. that the new owner bought it here. Oh, the classic automobile. He's very happy. Good. <laughs> that was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very happy, and he took to us because he bought it here, enjoyed um, uh, three, four thousand miles, and bring to us for an oil change. Right. And uh, I had to do the test drive after the oil change to see if everything is okay. What, what a fantastic car. I think that the next in my list is probably, I know people say, oh, oh those are big gold, Buick gold looking Rolls Royce. Oh, and, they're great uh, cars. But, but they are great. And, uh, it's, there's nothing like a Rolls Royce ride. No, and smooth as silk and, and iconic. You know, we tend to, because we're in the business, we see so many cool things that 80s, 70s and 80s Rolls Royce Silver Shadows are like, ah, okay, we've seen a bunch of those. No big deal. But then you stop and go, wait a minute. That's a really great car. And when I saw it new, I was, oh, my God. You know, it was a whole different reaction to it. It's like the 77 Corvette. It was underpowered. I say this all the time. It was underpowered. It was this and that. But when my writer, Peter, writes about one, it makes me stop and look at it again and go, Regardless of the power, it's a sexy car, you know, yeah, and it's not a very, you know, not a, not a high dollar. Or yeah. So what do you like in the new car world? What, what gets your trip, trips your trigger that you see running around on the roads of Allentown or anywhere else you are? Oh, I'm, I'm the most impressive car that I think we have driven. I, I, I don't know you, Alex, but I think was the, the C8 Corvette. Of right. Course. Amazing car. Amazing it? car and uh, amazing feeling. I know that the engineers at GM, they said that they were targeting the Ferrari 458. Right. Uh, and they did a wonderful job, I think. Yeah. I think it probably was the most impressive car. And reliable. Yep. And reliable. If They're you think right. about it, I mean, one of the things that steered me away from buying a, like, uh, a used Ferrari is the fact that they're expensive to work on and their, their tolerances are very, very minuscule and they have to be just right or they're wrong. Yeah. And so it scares you, you know, because you don't want to be the guy who has to say recent $25,000 service. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be out of my pocket. <laughs> and, and people say all the time, oh, uh, you don't need to have a Ferrari or have the, the, the performance in a C8. Yes, but 
it's like wine. I don't know much about wine. Right. I, I, I drink some <laughs> wines that I like the taste. But for a connoisseur, yeah. he will know the notes, the palates, and this and that. That it, Too much work. It's, yeah. yeah. So, I just want it good. I buy by the label and the price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's fit, if it's within the price range that I'm comfortable with and it's got a cool label, that's going to be the next wine in my yeah. case. You Each know? car has its own soul. True. So when you drive a Ferrari, you have a feeling that you're not going to have with a Corvette. I'm no. not saying that's better or not. Right. It's just feel different. Absolutely. It's the same with Porsche. So if you drive one in a Ferrari or a Corvette, totally different car. So you have to like the way it drives. What I love about you guys is your passion for cars. And it comes across in just talking to you about the hobby and the history of it and all that. Because if you don't have that passion, we we have people who come in here and they're angry when they walk in the door. For some reason, they haven't, this is the first time they've ever been here and they're just angry people. And it's like, come on, this is classic cars. Nobody needs anything we have in this building, but everybody wants it. But if you're not having fun, what's the point? You know, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, that's, I'm sure, what made you kind of think about a career change, right? Oh, of course. Absolutely. And, and definitely was not the money. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's was, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in the end, when you do something that you really like, and the work with my brother, it's, it's, it's very, very for very us, it's, it's great. Well, so. my wife works right next to me in our office and we spend so, all day, every day together great. and it works out perfectly for us. Not everybody can do that. No, and that's I'm right. sure they ask you a lot of times, how can you do that? How yeah. Can you work with your brother? <laughs> yeah. Ah, I'm a crazy guy. So. Yeah. yeah. We, we enjoy working together. Well, nice. it, it, and you probably both have your strengths and, and, yeah. and that's important that you can combine two people that have a like-minded goal, but each one has a different strength, you know. And my partner is as polar opposite as I am in the whole wide world. He's a farmer from, you know, Pennsylvania, and he is brilliant smart. And he says those things that when he says it, it doesn't knock you over, but about an hour later you go, what did he say? Oh, my God. <laughs> that was, I mean, and we've been partners for five and a half years and never had a disagreement, never had a crossword, never had, we're like brothers, you know, and, and it's, and it's amazing thing to have that kind of relationship with somebody in business because it's, or in personal as well, too, because it's very difficult to find. Oh, it very is. difficult. And, uh, I think the secret is work with a per- person that is different. My brother and I, we are, we are different. Right. We, we sometimes we think differently. But you have to respect that, and you have to learn from that. Absolutely. A lot of people, they are simply close to all new ideas, so you don't change. Right, you right. Don't, you don't grow. You know, it's, you have to, to have the ability of accepting respect and see if you are right or wrong. Listen, guys, this has been so much fun, and we will definitely do it again because we have plenty more to talk about. I didn't even get to anything on my list because we just talked, and that's, that's the best great. kind of ways to do these podcasts so uh so anyway thanks again and by the way to find you guys on the on the web it's rbcarcollection.com right yes and there you guys are in allentown just go on the internet you can see their inventory uh they've got cars for sale they've got information about their service and their restoration facilities thank you very much Stuart. and please if you don't know this place classic automobile please you have to (laughs) it's crazy absolutely (laughs) amazing thank you unique in the world Come and see it. Thank you so much, guys. Great to have you on. Catch you all later. Next week, we'll have somebody on the show that will talk about something about cars, probably. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, classicautomall.com. 
You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by CarSmarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.